Hey everyone, welcome back to one more episode of the Unaware Podcast. I'm glad you're here with us again. Follow us on our Instagram at Club to be always up to date with our newest articles and podcasts. Today, the episode is going to be a little bit different. Our guest, Nuno Oliveira Santos, CEO of GFI Portugal, gave a talk at Nova about his experience as a CEO. This talk is therefore in partnership with Nova Tech Club, who organized this amazing event and invited us to attend. Unfortunately, we couldn't invite Nuno to record one of our usual episodes, so after giving a small brief, I'll play the clips of the most interesting questions asked in the talk. Hope you enjoy! Santos has been CEO for 9 years of GFI Portugal. For those who don't know, GFI is a services IT company that, and I quote, enables IT administrators to easily and efficiently discover, manage, and secure their business networks, systems, applications, and communications wherever they exist. End quote. Santos received his bachelor's degree of economics at Catolica. Though graduated as top 10 of his class, he soon realized that he didn't want to have a career as an economist. Later, with the aim to complement his studies, Santos went through MBA program and graduated with flying colors. He is currently the chief executive officer at GFI Portugal, a 90-focused French-born company that started its Portuguese division in 2000. As the CEO, Santos manages approximately 700 employees on a daily basis. With no former experiences, he was appointed to the position at the age of only 33 years old, which is much younger than the average age of a first-time CEO. Thinking back to his process of application to the position, Santos concludes that he was accepted on the base of his potential, his past experience with project management and his connection network in Portugal. He states that CEO, though sounding important, is still a managerial position. Thus, his mind has always been set on how to become a good manager first. With an economic background, Santush's idea of the key to making business decisions has always been the concept of opportunity cost. How much would the company make doing project A? How much would the company generate by doing project B? The maximization of efficiency is what this thought process would bring him. With strict budget constraints, which project would generate the highest revenues at the lowest opportunity cost? At the beginning of his, let's call it mandate, from 2011 to 2015, still recovering from the crisis and the country facing austerity measures, Santos' goal for the company was set on one word only, turnover. He decided to make a change on the company's cost structure. With a decrease in costs of all aspects, the company was able to pull through the sinking of the economy and was able to achieve double-digit growth as the economy overturns from the crisis from 2015 to 2018. A huge part of the life of a CEO is the balance between topics. Quoting to the work of Ian Woodward, Santos described his day as going back and forth between the 5, the 50 and the 500. A CEO must feel comfortable with switching between small, medium topics and managing a forest of topics, says Santos. In school, we learn about the perfect markets, but in reality, there is no such thing as perfect markets. 
Working as a manager, it's all about accepting the imperfectness, such as accepting inefficiency. Looking back to his nine years of managing GFI, he concludes that there is no point in rushing. Experience does matter. By putting himself in a humble position, he realizes that it is impossible for him to fully understand and master how each subdivision works, referring VUCAD or V-U-C-A-D, which stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity and diversity, and how difficult it is to balance each individual and situation. Instead of trying to answer all questions from employees, asking meaningful questions often works better in terms of leading people onto a more efficient path. Though being able to accept inefficiency is important, it doesn't mean that we should forego time management. Being the CEO, the job requires constant communication with employees, customers and sometimes the government. The work is fast-paced, filled with emails, phone calls and WhatsApp messages. On Santos first day as a CEO, he set ground rules regarding emailing. The rules avoid spamming and inefficiency from back-and-forth communication that could be done via phone call. He also stresses that in order to save time, if possible, a phone call is always preferred over a meeting. In terms of meetings, Center separates managers into two categories, one being the readers, other the listeners. Readers, which Santos classifies himself as, prefer to read through all materials before the meeting and ask for their questions during. Conversely, listeners prefer to listen during the meeting in order to assimilate all the information. Both efficient, the tactics chosen depend on each individual. At the end of Santos' presentation, the audience had a chance to ask some questions. These are the highlights, which include the reason of taking the MBA, work-life balance, how to expand your personal network, how to convince people that there is potential in you, his advice for people who want to become CEO one day, and his plan for the future. Well, I'm going to apologize in advance for the poor audio quality and for the occasional cough. As I told you, this was not a private meeting with him, this was a talk even at classrooms, so there are many people interacting. And without further ado, this is Nuno Oliveira Sanch. What drove the decision to do an MBA? Was it a personal one or an employer-promoted one? It was a personal one. I say this because I work for a French company. My feeling is that the French companies, not only mine, French companies in general, are not that big fans of MBAs. It was a personal decision. I do value learning a lot. My parents, they just have four years of school. So you may know in this country, we had a very hard dictatorship from the 30s to the 70s. Besides lack of uh, freedom of expression, I would say a lack of attention to education was a big thing. So just in the 60s, we had a, a program to universities. Let's say that the combination of, of what I got in family, about life values, but also the opportunity to take the school, gave me the opportunity to take what we call a social elevator. And it makes very clear that it's about lifelong learning. So under groups of friends and uh, people that are already, I was working for consulting and in consulting, in business consulting MBAs, it's not about doing, it's about why didn't you do it yet? I realized maybe it was the time. And uh, I had the chance also on my interest when I was at this public agency. I created a program that gave the possibility to intermediate managers to do specific management programs. 
And one day I thought, well, I shall not be shy, and I will say to the Secretary of State, maybe I should also take the city training program. And I explained to the government that I had a scholarship to do an MBA. And I think it was a very good decision. There are some people doing management that later do an MBA. I had those colleagues, and even for those, not three years after, but ten years after, it's a very good refreshment, and uh, science does evolve. The kind of topics that you study today here in 2019 in this school are not similar to what I did 10 years ago. I do think that for executives at high level, yes, do manage. It's really hard to like manage between the work life and family life in the, such a hard... It's not difficult. Of course it is a bit difficult. Why I say it's not difficult? Because I'm a liberal. Mm-hmm. So I'm the owner of my time. And under that conviction, I'm the one who decides what I do with my time. If you have, as a human being, convictions about the time you want to dedicate to yourself, to your family, to your friends, and if you do take work not only as an instrumental thing for you to get money, but something that helps you realize yourself as a human being, it's not about work versus life. It's work in life. You see? So, if you take these approaches, and then if you have some tools, as I was trying to explain, don't fall in the trap of being in meetings that are ineffective. Don't go to lunches or dinners where you will not get any particular interest. Ten years ago, I would take any business dinner. There will be someone that is important. Now I don't say like that. Now I say, this week, I have a wrong rule. Unless I am abroad, if I'm not abroad, at least three of the five dinners I can get on. So, if I'm already out of my rule, I have to deny, and I make options. Mm-hmm. I work in, with my agenda in two weeks of advance. I take my executive assistant as a real executive assistant. She comes to me once a week, 45 minutes, one-on-one, Nuno and Dunor, that uh, Monica already met, on the phone at least, and we do make management of our agendas. And under that approach, I can go to the doctor with my kids, mm-hmm. I can uh, read at night. Now I suspend it, but I'm about to come back to piano lessons as a normal human being. <laughs> CEOs to be seen as, I say, because they have better salaries, more responsibility, like aliens. They cannot be aliens. If they are aliens, they will not perform well. Because it's about people working with other people. It's not about bosses managing. That's from the 19th century in uh, not educated societies. My role is to guide, is to discuss. Sometimes I need to be a bit bossy, but I would take that as an exception. And for me to be okay with that, I need to be seen as a normal person. And a normal person has a life other than work. So it's even necessary for you to be a good CEO. You need to have a balance in that respect. As you mentioned before, connections are important. What do you think is the best way to expand your network? Expose yourself as much as you can without being cynical. This is a good example. People are not obliged to come. So, what they send it to be here? It is to listen, eventually learn, and to expose. Those that do like what I say, I would say that 80% of those that did like what I said, they will come back to me on LinkedIn. And if they do that between today, tomorrow, and the day after, I will associate 
the interaction of with the day of the day. What I will do? I'll build a set. When I do a set, they get 4,000 contacts from me. And then, you keep going. Expose yourself, not being cynical. If, if I understand that you are coming to me to get something out of me without giving me anything, it's very easy for me to say, step out. Okay? But I'm pretty sure that all of these people have things to give. So, go to the places, go to events, come to this topic, participate. Participate in politics. We need to have people coming back, and young people in particular, to politics. That's a problem we need all to solve. Uh, not in the parties sense, but in the discussion sense. And if you do that normally and regularly, connections will come. Networking is very important, but you got your position of CEO at 33. And one other thing that you said was that experience was very valuable. So how did you prove that your potential could be actually performing a long time? In, because at that time, you didn't have experience and they required it. So how did you convince the president? How did I prove? You have already half of the story, I would say, Greg, on your side. I do believe good schools, 80% of those will be good people. I'm reading now a book called The 80-20 Management. So I'm talking about, and uh, in my economics program, another economic concept from Wilfredo Pareto, 80-20. That applies for everything in life. So I'm not saying that you have 80% of the story done because you are at Nova, but at least 50% it's done because it's reputation. Those that come here, they did well in the secondary school, they did well in the exams to enter, and if they did well in the exams, overall they will do okay in the graduation program. Then you have 20% of good people that are coming from bad schools, or let's say second leagues, but I think 80%. That was a very interesting discussion I had with a professor from Novo uh, when I was doing the MBA. Maybe I'm a bit arrogant. When I look at a school that's not from first league, I tend not to see. And he was saying, no, you're just becoming an executive manager, taking care of your time, because you don't take the risk. So, how to convince about my potential? Well, my story. I was coming from a good university. I did well in my program, top 10% in my grades. So, try to be a good student. That's always better. And then, having good stories to share. Then, of course, the guy that was hiring me, with 20 years more than me, he had experience and he had intuitions. And you will have, as a CEO, has to take lots of decisions based on intuition. A guy coming from economics will say, there is incomplete information in the market and asymmetrical. So we need to live with that. You will do a program called industrial economics. That's a very important program for those that want to, want to become managers with an economics background. Because that's the module where you learn about life. Because in liberal schools like this, you are all the time studying uh, perfect markets, price equals to marginal cost, and then life is not about that, okay? Life is about imperfect markets. But that's the way we learn, because imperfect markets are easier to understand than imperfect markets. So, imperfect markets, lack of information, you decide with what you have. You don't do a system of four equations and say half an hour, I'm doing some calculation, I'm done. It's about adding, subtracting, multiplying, dividing, very fast proportions and percentages. We do a lot as managers, all the day. And then it's about intuition. So the guy listened to my stories, my willingness. As I was 33, I was better priced 
then a guy at 38 or 40. I realized that afterwards, so my salary was less than average, which was okay for both. Imagine that I want to become a CEO. What main advice would you give me? I would say that start by rephrasing. You want to be a manager. CEO is a manager of managers. Yeah. And what does a manager do? He manages. So me, Monica, I think that I'm capable of and I would be happy with managing. Managing an area, managing a problem, when what's the advice? The advice is look after the possibilities where you can be exposed to management positions even by the age of the 23, when you 22, 23, when you finish your program, depending on what you do, first, second, master, already or, or not. And then, just perform, and things will happen, together with exposing yourself to the world. At my time, 2000, let's say that there was a big correlation between some jobs and a career towards a senior management position. Those that were in business consulting, they were starting well. Those that were working in investment banking, they would be starting well. Those that would be working for big corporations in consumer goods, Procter & Gamble, Unilever, they would start well. But that was 20 years ago. It doesn't apply any longer like that because you can work for boutiques and it can be very effective. The technological companies, when I was doing my MBA in 2007, at that time, already, people were already more interested in working with Google than working with McKinsey. Number one business consulting firm in the world, but people were more attracted to Google already by that. My advice is no particular trait recipe. Look for a job where you feel that there will be a chance to participate in a management role, as you will be young, maybe, to assist to work in documents where you will give advisory, or in a context where rapidly you can be seen in that context as someone that I can give my path to and I can build on the Manager has good brain, good posture, a bit of ambition, comfortable with uncomfort. So if I would have to say a word, a responsible person. So look for the environments where you understand that if there is a way for you to get a bit of responsibility. And then things will move. Nine years ago, would you have hired yourself to be a CEO or GFI? I would say so. I don't know that much about the competition I had for the position. I know a person that was in the shortlist was not hired. But I think the results were okay. There were some moments where the risks were higher than expected. And when I think why was that so, eventually because I was not as humble as I am today. Although being more experienced, or eventually because I am more experienced. One of the things that we need to incorporate is that people are different. So that's one of the hard things for a CEO, and I would say that's harder today. Because people that are managed, they claim today for a sense of respect in a deeper way, in a bolder way, than they would do 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. We manage, <coughs> each of you is a world with all this, with your volatility, with your uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity, and diversity. And I need to manage the set of things. And I was good at school, I was responsible. From my childhood, I want to take lots of responsibilities. And in life, I get people like you that are lazy. People like you that do not think the way I think you should think. 
and I am at the age of 33. And I say, why doesn't she understand such an obvious thing? At the age of 42, I don't say like that. I say like, you're different from me. I need to understand. Those would be the biggest different things many years ago from now. I think I breathe better. I breathe more when I don't understand. At the age of 33, if I don't understand, I say, you're wrong. At the age of 42, if I don't understand, I say, I don't understand. I need to understand. But having said that, I think still it was a good option from the guy who bought my hours of work. And in economics, employees sell work and employers buy work. So I think the guy that bought my hours of work, he did a good business. Where do you see yourself in five years? Or so. Because I understand like CEO is already a position that is very high on the pyramid. Is there another goal that you would like to achieve? It doesn't necessarily have to be about business, but it could be about life or anything in general. Yeah. Start by saying that the HR director of the group, when she did for my hiring process, I did five interviews. The CEO of the group, the CFO of the group, the HR director, and then some executives at the international level. And the HR director, she was a bit surprised that a guy like me had the chance to arrive to the last round. And she came with that question. Do you feel a bit young position? And my answer was eventually, but I feel okay with the possibility. I don't fear the possibility. And now it's on your side to decide. So if you think I'm too young, I cannot change that. But I feel I am prepared. It does not come from a strict work, I repeat. It's clear for me I wanted to be a manager. A manager at this level, it was not written in the stars. And I was not obliged by any timeline. If I'm not CEO before the age of 33, it's a loss. No. So in five years' time, I wanna. You can, you can imagine that if I come with the story of more than 10 years in the same position, yes. maybe it's about time to change. And in these nine years, I did different things. So there is space for me in this company. This company is under a very significant, very aggressive growth strategic program buying other companies in several countries. And that can be a challenge for me. I have two kids, age of 18 and 14, and we discuss, they are my board members. So I debrief at night. My young boy, he says that he wants to be a manager like his father. So yeah, I take him as a board advisor. It's a peer-to-peer. And the guy at the age of 14 can give you very interesting insights. So. We discuss about international rules or we discuss about bigger corporations. I feel myself comfortable in big corporations. I didn't feel yet, at least, that desire for my job, to do my company. Eventually, education is really a topic for me as a citizen. And eventually, a bit later in time, I would like to have my school. So when I was in Tourism Portugal, we'll check my LinkedIn, we'll see that in Tourism Portugal, I was managing 16, one six auto schools in Portugal. I learned a lot. The job description was very different from what I had in six months afterward. And it was quite a privilege, okay? Because of that, I was in the Petit Comité discussing the hospitality offering at Noma that you have now here. So education is a topic for me, but eventually later on. Five years from now, I would say international, more international, and uh, bigger. Thank you for your time. I hope it was interesting for you. It was interesting for me. Thank you so much for sticking to the end of the podcast. We have been listening and reading your comments and suggestions about content and editing. We are working to improve it and bring the best news and commentary podcasts possible to you. 
One more time, don't forget to follow us if you don't already and please rate our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts so it gets more recommended and we reach a larger audience. And that's it for this episode. And until next time, don't forget to stay informed, stay aware and above all, have a great week.